kinds of things I get my hands on and some of it you give credence to some you don't uh, Barna survey Barna does a lot of surveying among Christian I say Christians again that's a little broad term it's among people who claim to be Christian and um, some who claim to be born-again Christians they'll do surveys are you born again if people say yes I'm born again then they're part of the survey uh, a lot of people won't say that. My, my experience is door to door, not a lot of people actually tell you they're born again. They'll say they're Christian. Or you say, are you born again Christian? They'll say, well, I'm not that kind of Christian. That's, that's radical. And they, you can tell right away they don't understand the Bible, haven't even read John chapter 3, don't get it. And possibly, possibly it's not, I'm not the final judge of anybody. Uh, God's the final judge. Praise the Lord for that, hallelujah. I don't want that responsibility of saying this person's saved, this person's lost. But, you know, by the fruit of those answers, it makes you a little scared for people that they may not understand what it is to be born again from above. And so under that survey, especially under the uh, 20-somethings, under the, what they call the millennials, uh, so that are, say they're Christians, say they're born again, even, even up into the 30s, 50% of that group, in a blind survey where they will not be embarrassed, believe that there's more than one road to heaven. You understand what I'm saying? In that group, over 50% believe there was possibly more than one, possibly more than one road to heaven. So, the question tonight I, I pose to you, are there many roads to heaven? I think a lot of times people just keep what they believe to themselves because they don't want to rub the cat the wrong way or they don't want to go the wrong way. But really tonight, if you're listening to my voice, will this be through the internet? And by, we've learned through iTunes, this goes all over the world. Literally, people download these sermons all over the world. It's amazing. South America, Africa, uh, all Europe. Asia, pretty amazing how people get on the internet and download things. But if you're listening to my voice, you understand what I'm saying. A true born-again believer, I do not see how they possibly can hold that there could be even any more than one way to heaven. And I'm going to go through that tonight and do a little bit of it. But uh, what about you tonight? Have you meditated on that a little bit? Are there... Possibly more than, is there possibly more than one road to heaven? Well, let me ask you some very specific questions because you may say, no, Brother Prill, there's only one road to heaven. And many of you may even know the reason, John. You may know the main proof text for that would be John 14, 6. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but 
by me. But even with that there, these questions will, will maybe focus those words in. Let me ask you a question. Are the Jews going to hell? Are the Islamics, 250 plus million, all, pretty much if they believe what they say they believe, going to hell? Are the Catholics who rely on the church to be saved, or on communion to be saved, or on some sort of an act of work to be saved and not on Jesus Christ and Him alone and by grace alone, are they going to hell? Are the Jehovah Witnesses who have denied the 20 major orthodox doctrines of Scripture, are they going to hell? Are the Mormons who believe that God was once like we are and will be one day like He is and, and go ahead and deny, even though they speak the same terminology, they do not mean what we mean in any other terms. I've spoken to them. You cannot get a Mormon to disagree with you, but yet they completely disagree with you. They absolutely do not believe the Bible as we believe it as it's spoken. Are Mormons going to hell? Are Hindus? Hindus. 85% of all India are Hindu. Plus other places in the world. They believe in multiple gods. Are those folks, as good-natured as some are, as helpful as some are, are they going to hell? Are the Buddhists, another large group, are they going to hell? Are the Unitarians who believe, by the way, who propagate many roads to heaven? That's their ultimate underlying sentence. Is the Unitarians mean basically there's many roads to heaven, and just pick one, and you're going there. Are they going to hell? Are the Seventh-day Adventists who, according, now Tom Cronin, born, raised Seventh-day Adventists. If anybody knows what Seventh-day Adventists believe, Tom Cronin knows what they believe. And he'll tell you if he was here tonight, those folks do not believe like, like the Bible teaches. And he believes they are relying on works plus grace. Even though that sounds crazy. Because you can talk to a Seventh-day Adventist and they'll say, well, I'm saved by grace, but i got to keep the law of Moses to be saved. That's like double speak, if you know what I mean by double speak. It's like speaking out of one side of your mouth and the other side of your mouth. They, those two things don't go. You cannot be saved by grace and then be saved by keeping the law of Moses. It's one or the other. It's works or grace. And that's reasoned very carefully in Scripture. Are the Seventh-day Adventists, that's a large group. I think the Seventh-day Adventists, the last time I read, numbered around 8 million. I think Jehovah's Witnesses numbered around 7 million. Uh, I think the Mormons numbered around 7, 8 plus million. That's a, lot of, that's a lot of people we're talking about. Uh, what do you think tonight in your very heart of hearts? Do you, as you sit there and mull that over, do you think, well, preacher, I just can't imagine God who made everybody and loves 
us and loves people, sent his son to, I just can't imagine him sending all those people to hell because they just don't believe the way the Bible says. Is that so? Is that so? I believe the issue is foundational and fundamental in nature. If there are many roads to heaven, or even a few roads to heaven, then what? If there is only one road to heaven, then what? The issue resolve, revolves around our acceptance or our rejection of the natural, normal, literal understanding of the Bible. The question would be, does the Bible really represent God's word to mankind on how to go to heaven? Does it or does it not? Is it one of many books or is it the book? Is it 100% accurate in its exactness or is the Bible just generally accurate? Does the Bible contain the word of God and truth with some wiggle room? The multiplication, I believe, I said this morning, I'm burdened about this. The multiplication of English versions has been a stroke of genius uh, by the devil himself in confusing and generalizing the Bible. The many versions have confused believers. They've, it's taken the exact nature of the Bible away from them with eight or 10 or 15 different readings. I read a book recently, the guy quoted 25 different English versions. And I just read an, I read an article that was critical of that that said that many of these writers use the version that most agrees with their interpretation because they don't read closely to each other. And so a lot of these versions are used to legitimize false teaching. And so because of the multiplication of those versions and no, no one version that we say uh, is the exact word of God, it makes it more likely that people in their mind will generalize, this is important, will generalize the teachings of Jesus. They'll downplay the teaching on a literal hell, a literal heaven, real sin, separation from the world, and the sins and worldliness mentioned in the Bible. Things tend to get fuzzy where they're really not fuzzy. They tend to get fuzzy around male leadership. Is the church really supposed to be male leadership, or is it okay if a female leads the church? Or doesn't it really make any difference? I guarantee you, go down through the phone book, nine out of ten churches, they don't make much difference. They've already generalized it. And those are the people when surveyed are the ones who will say, you know, we believe we're the right way. We think we're the right way. But, you know, maybe God in his mercy will allow another way other than the way he's told us. And they begin to compromise. They get fuzzy about homosexuality. It's already happening in the megachurches. The megachurches are already downplaying the sin of homosexuality and beginning to, and I, you mark my words, 
within five years, most of the megachurches will have said homosexuality is simply another form of human sexuality. Not an abomination to God, as the Bible calls it. They're already getting fuzzy about transgender. Harvard, by the way, Harvard used to be an independent, fundamental, Bible-believing, hellfire, damnation, King James Bible-believing school. They just put a thing out the other day that said they believe gender can change daily. This is one of the institutions of higher learning that is highly respected in our country. You get a degree from Harvard, it means something besides a couple hundred thousand dollars. So after, after kind of tweaking you a little bit, because this is the stuff that's out there, let's go and, and look at the Bible. What does the Bible say about the exclusive nature of God's way to heaven? Well, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 says there's one God. This is the verse that the average Jew, the Orthodox Jew, possibly the conservative Jew, would put up on his door. If you go to a Jewish home, up on the side of the doorpost, they have a little box there, and there's a, there's a paper in there. It's a scripture. Usually the scripture they put in there is Deuteronomy 6, 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Monotheism uh, is one of the primary doctrines of Jewish faith. Um, in Mark chapter 12, verse 29, Jesus said the first of all commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Jesus confirms that to be a truth. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 6 says, But there is but one God, the Father of whom are all things, and we in him, and one Lord Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, and we by him. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 4 through 6 says, There is one body and one spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is above all, through all. And this, you knew Paul was a southerner because he said, in you all. Believing in one God, in other words, is generally, uh, God generally is, believing, let me get this right. Believing in one God generally is not enough to get you to heaven. You can't believe there's more than one God, and maybe, maybe Jehovah God is a God, but then uh, Confucius and, and, and his reasoning would be, or these other, these other, because really each one of these major religions, I've said, they say, we're the way. James chapter 2, verse 19 says, Thou believest that there is one God. Thou doest well. The devils, and the word there is demons, also believe and tremble. Sermon preached on that called demon faith. What kind of faith do you have? Demon faith or biblical faith? Demons have faith. They believe there's one God. Remember when demons met Jesus, what they kept saying about him? First of all, they said, are you come to torment us before the time? That means they know that it wasn't the right time. So to know that it wasn't the right time must mean you know what the time is. Because when Jesus showed up, they knew that was early. Because they said, now, you haven't come here to torment us before. They were accusing him of being early. 
We got more time. Somehow they know the time schedule. They also call him the Holy One of Israel, the Holy One of God. We know who you are. And he would hush them down, quiet them, cast them out, because he did not want to be revealed before the time. Just knowing about Jesus is not enough to go to heaven. How many people I meet know about Jesus? My, oh, my, oh, my. Now, I did meet. This is a stunning thing. I met going door to door a few years ago. A 16-year-old plus girl came to the door, and I said, uh, um, who is Jesus? And she said, I have no idea. I said, do you know what Christmas is for? She said, Santa Claus. I said, you know what Easter is for? She said, the Easter Bunny. I said, you mean to tell me in all honesty you do not know who Jesus Christ is? She says, I have no idea who he is. And I'm thinking, how in the world in America do you fall through the cracks like that? Well, somehow she did. And so I proceeded to tell her a little bit, as fast as I could, as much as she'd allow me to, who, who Jesus is. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, 23, uh, it's about as clear as can be there where Jesus is speaking. He says, not everyone that saith to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? That's Jesus' name, by the way. And in thy name have cast out devils. That's big. And in thy name done many wonderful works. We've helped the poor. We've done great noble things. Then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Now, folks, Jesus said in that day there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Because these are going to be people who thought they had it. They thought they had taken care of it. They thought that it was all squared away. They thought they were saved. They knew Jesus. They knew of Jesus. They had done works in Jesus' name. But they had done it in their way, in their way. The word iniquity simply means doing it your way, not God's way. You must get more specific than just to know about Jesus or even to work for Jesus or do things for Jesus than to be saved. John chapter 8 verse 24 said, I said therefore unto you, he was talking to Pharisees there, you shall die in your sins for if you believe not that I am he, you shall die in your sins. Now if you look in your King James Bible, a magnificent thing about the King James is the translators, when they would add a word to explain a word, they put it in parentheses or they put it in italics, meaning they were trying to be fair and honest with you to say that's not in the Greek. Uh, and so you can read this verse here. Uh, it says that ye believe not that I am. And of course, the deity of Christ is held up in that. Wow. And just a few verses a little later there, he said, before Abraham was I am. And they took up stones to stone him because they're thinking back there uh, in, in Exodus uh, when the burning bush, and he says, who shall I say send me? And they said, the I am, the I am. Take your shoes off. I'm, all, I'm the one, the, the, the existing one. So it's important that you must believe the gospel. The Bible says 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4, it's called the formula of the gospel. In, in theology, it says, "For I delivered." Paul says, "For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures." 
if you do not believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and you believe indeed he died on that old rugged cross, shed his blood and was raised again literally bodily, visibly, if I may put it more specifically, the third day, you can't be saved. Paul said, if, we don't, if you don't believe in the resurrection, we're of all, in fact, he said, if Christ is not raised, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we're of all men most miserable, and that includes you women too. Romans 10, 9, how many times have we quoted it? That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be not saved. That means people can believe in their head, which is those ones we find in, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, 23. Those were people who believed in their head, intellectually, in a historical figure, a historical character named Jesus, and worked for him with that head knowledge. But somehow they did not have the heart knowledge, because had they had the heart knowledge, they would not have been living in iniquity. They would have been living in obedience. Now, you don't get saved by obedience, but if you're saved, you obey. Are you with me? The salvation, the true born-again salvation experience causes you to have a humble heart, a tender heart to the things of God, and you want to do His will. Roman, Ephesians 2, 8, 9. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not of works, the same answer both. The gospel is only received by repentant sinners who humbly from the heart believe in Jesus and his resurrection from the dead. The question I pose to you, is that you? In essence, believing that Jesus is the one that the Father sealed as the Messiah the sin-bearer, as foretold in Isaiah 53, where it says, Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken and smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace is upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned Every one to his own way, and the Lord hath laid upon him the iniquity, there that word iniquity is, of us all. Deny this, and you miss heaven. Hebrews 10, 12 says, But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins, and in context is speaking of Jesus Christ, forever, how long? Forever sat down on the right hand of God. Now, if the Bible is what it is, and it's exact, and Jesus said every little jot, which is a tittle, it's like the crossing of a T and the dotting of an I in English. He said, heaven and earth pass away before even a little one jot or tittle isn't fulfilled. God's word is going to be fulfilled exactly as he gives it. Why? It's just characteristic with God that he's in the detail. If you've ever studied science, you know God's in the, in the law. Science is full of laws. The law of aerodynamics, that's how you fly. The law of gravity, the law of this, the law of that. There's all kinds of laws. How they ended up developing the atomic bomb was they figured out the law, some of those laws, and they put it into practice and actually were able to release the energy of an atom. I've been reading a, a couple books about that recently. They didn't know what was going to happen. 
when they first blew up that atomic bomb, they didn't know if it'd light the atmosphere up and the whole world would, would burn up. They did it anyway. They were just happy the whole world didn't burn up after that first explosion. Then they made a, a bigger one and a bigger one and a bigger one. The biggest bombs ever been exploded in the world been done by Russia. And it was half as big as they wanted to do. And the guy, the guy, the scientist reduced it by half because he was afraid he would set the atmosphere, some, some sort of get some sort of chain reaction going in the atmosphere and destroy the whole world. It would just burn up. And I, I just saw that on a couple hours special on TV. It was the biggest bomb ever exploded. <clears throat> you want to know why there was so much cancer? Imagine how much radiation had been released in the atmosphere in the last 40 years. In the 50s and 60s, buddy, they were blowing them bombs up just like it was boop, 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 the islands and going into the atmosphere and everything else. Now we look at, so the question, I, on the, what I've read to you so far is it true? Or is it fuzzy? Is it exact? Or is it just generalization? Is there wiggle room? Or is there no wiggle room? Well, Jesus, listen to what he said in the, the verse, that, of course, our text verse, John 14, 6. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man. How many? No man cometh unto the Father, but by me. Now, you know, just logically, that if that's not true in exactly as he said it, then he was wrong. If he was wrong, he was misrepresenting himself as who he said he was, and he was either a liar or a lunatic and thought it was true, but it wasn't true. But if it is true, he's Lord. And the one you got to go through to get to the Father. Yay? John 10, 7 through 8. Jesus' words, Verily I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. Now are we general or are we specific? If the words of the Bible have been preserved by God, who made everything and who's into detail... If these are the words of God, it says, I'm the way, I'm the door of the sheep, all that ever came before me are thieves and robbers. In Luke 21, 80 says, take heed that you be not deceived, for many shall come in my name saying, I'm the Christ, and the, and the time draweth near, and he talks about going hence from there. But he said, many are going to come after me and say, hey. And there has been, has there not? My, oh my, they've been raised up everywhere. By the way, Muhammad wasn't raised up to, I believe, around four, late 400s, 500 A.D., after Christ. The 250-plus million people that follow Muhammad weren't raised up to 500 years down the road from Christ. There's other witnesses to the exclusivity of the way of salvation through Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 4, verse 12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. That's Jesus Christ in context. If you can be saved some other way than the Bible presents itself, 
then that's not true. Philippians 2, 9 through 11, we quote it often. It says, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, speaking of Jesus in the context, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, no other name, name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven, of things on earth, and things under the earth. Do you think there's things under the earth? There are things under the earth. In fact, everywhere in the Bible, hell seems to be down under the earth, on the surface of the earth, that is. And so things uh, in heaven, things on earth, and things under the earth, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, the glory of God the Father. Can you get more specific than that? Ask yourself, is there wiggle room there? Now, if you generalize the Bible as just a book of general truth, and you, you de-specify, you take the specific, you take the, uh, I'm going to come up with this. You take that out of it. You take the specific nature of the Bible out of it. Then you can say, by the way, I've talked to many people through the years that believe there's had to be more. Preacher, there's just got to be more than one road to heaven. I just can't believe that God's going to send that many people to hell. They'll say, preacher, do you understand Christianity is only a, a, a relatively small percentage of the world? You mean to tell me everybody else is going to hell? And I'll say, look, I'm not the one who wrote it. The Bible says it. The Bible's the one that reveals Jesus Christ is for who he is. The Holy Spirit and the Bible say it. I believe, I'm going with them. What else can we say? Are these words in the Bible accurate, exact of Jesus and Peter and Paul and Isaiah? If so, then Jesus Christ has to be the only way to heaven, period. Miss him, and you'll stand before God, and you're going to pay for your own sin. Now, here's the crazy thing. You know who you're going to stand before? If you miss Jesus, you're going to stand before Jesus. Revelation chapter 20 is real clear. Jesus is real clear. He said, I'm the judge of the living and the dead. It is real clear that Jesus Christ is the one to judge those who somehow relegated other ways to go to heaven and somehow felt like maybe God wasn't just. And by the way, didn't Satan accuse the character of God in the garden? And he's still accusing the character of God. God's not good. He's holding back on you, Eve. If He, he knows the day you'll t you take of that fruit, you're going to be like him. He's jealous and doesn't want you to be like him. Satan has impugned the character of God from day one. He's still impugning the character of God and who Jesus is. When you stand before Jesus, your words will be played back. Your actions will be played back. You're going to be given account for every deed done in the body, whether it be good or bad, the Bible says. Every idle word that you've spoken, you're, going to be get, you're not going to be able to hide. There will not be able to be any alibis. It'll become clear that you believe Jesus was a liar or he was a lunatic as you stand before him. It will be also clear that he was true and exact in what he said. 
and a couple angels are going to come and grab you and cast you into the lake of fire, screaming and kicking. But you will go. And by the way, you're not going to cease to exist. And you won't cease to feel. And your memory won't be wiped out. This progressivism that we have today, this postmodernism teaching in most colleges and secular universities, man, people who send their kids to secular universities, whew, I just got to say, it's like sending them into the lion's den at their most vulnerable time of life. Now send me to the secular university. I'm good with it. I'll, I'll go toe-to-toe with any of them professors or any of those things because I've got enough grounding in this book here to stand and know who I believe, and I know whom I have believed, and I'm persuaded he's able to keep me, keep my what I've committed unto him against that day. I'm not bragging. I'm just saying I have some maturity. But you send a young person who has not that kind of st- walk with God and not that kind of stability with God to a guy that's 60 years old and used to, used to uh, contradicting by the very wisdom of the devil himself, the, the things that God has spoken. But it's cheaper. But I got the world's stamp of credibility. We don't need the world. You need the stamp of God. They'll teach you in college Any college, any secular school out there is going to teach you there's no certain truth. And they're going to pound you with that. They're going to pound you. Every angle they can pound you, there's no certain truth. What you were taught back in that little church where you came from, that is really narrow. It's not so. There's The world's bigger than that. Surely all those people aren't going to hell. And they'll start working on you with reasoning called relativism. No certain truth. For sure, no, sa- no one Savior. They don't mind you believing in Jesus, but as long as you don't knock these other people. They'll believe also that truth is fluid. One of the things they'll pound, they'll pound you on is that truth is not absolute. One thing I loved about Trey Gowdy in his little five-minute thing at Bob Jones's graduation was did you know? You may not have picked that up. You actually, I had to. I watched that thing three, four times. But what Trey kept saying is, there's an absolute, definable truth. Over and over, Trey said, "There's a defined truth," because that contradicts what they teach. That truth is mobile. Truth is always morphing. Truth is culturally fluid. It is always adapting and changing to the age in which it is, which is alive from hell, folks. You must choose. You say, I don't have to. You've already chosen. He that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the Son of God. You make a choice whether you like the choice or not. You either make the choice consciously for Christ that he is the way, the truth, and life, and no man cometh to the Father by him, and he is Lord of all that is, and his name is the name above every other name. Or you choose to call him a liar, a lunatic, and disbelieve him, and you will face him someday. God cares about you enough. 
if you're in this room and believe that way, he cares about you enough that you're here tonight. He doesn't want you to go to hell. But you must choose. Uncertainty is denial. You are either in or out. This is black or white. There's only one way to heaven. And it's through repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ as a crucified and resurrected Savior. Have you trusted him as such? Don't be general. I can't tell you how many times I've talked to people that generally believe in Jesus. Man, my heart goes out when I hear that. Man, what do you think I am, a heathen? I'm born in America. Of course I'm Christian. I go, ooh, ooh, being born in America is not going to help you. Being called a Christian is not going to help you. Going to church, I've gone to church. I've had, I've had colleagues tell me they go to church every day. You can go to church twice a day. It's not going to help you if you miss Jesus. Now, you may be sitting here tonight and say, Brother Bill, I just disagree with you. You can disagree. It's okay, except when you face Jesus, and it won't be okay. I hope that you'll meditate about some of these things by the grace of God. Father, we thank you tonight for your word. Thank you that we can be certain about the things we believe. God forbid that anybody here at the gospel would be part of that 50% that believed there could be different or possibly different roads to heaven than what the Bible gives. Father, help us. Confirm with the blessed Holy Spirit. Save someone tonight. May they, may they firm up this area if they're struggling in it. May they make a decision. I believe Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Not a Christ, the Christ, the Son of the living God. Father, you do the work tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand again. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you can contact us at gospelbaptistchurch.com for our website. Or go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church, Bonita Springs, Florida. Or call the office at 239-947-1285. Thank you. God bless.